God's moving is always from his love. That's the amazing thing to be thinking about, that his moving is from his love. So when, there's move, when, 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 when Jesus Christ is moving and roaming, when the, when the angelics are moving and roaming, when the presence of God is moving and roaming, when the Holy Spirit is blowing and moving across this lamb, it all came and comes out of the love of God. And so his moving creates a movement generated by love, which means it's always a good movement that he's calling us to step into. The experience of his moving, it relies on us. And I felt that so strongly as Donna and the team, you guys did amazing. Uh, I felt that so strongly today that we have got, this last Sunday of 2020, we have got to make a choice what this day, the rest of this week, and this new year of 2021 is going to bring. Well, I tell you what, it's going to bring the goodness of God. Because everything is birthed out, his moving is birthed out of his goodness, out of his love for us. Donna was prophesying uh, as she was singing, do it again. And that's our cry to God. We cry out, oh God, do it again, do it again. But it's interesting, as they were singing that prophetically, I pop in to, 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 an, to a vision and I see God and the heavens declaring and crying out to us, do it again, the church, do it again, church, do it again, church, keep doing it, church. We then sing, all the earth will shout his praises. You see, this is a prophecy. All the earth will shout his praises. And I felt in my heart, yes, all the earth will shout his praises and are already shouting his praises. Well, who's all the earth? It's you and me. It's us shouting the praises of God, no matter what's raging around us. Then we sing, great are you, Lord. I just need to say, great are you, Lord. This year of 2020, great are you, Lord. You never became less in 2020. The only time Jesus Christ became less was so he could go to the cross, become great to rise again in his greatness and the mighty prophetic movement of Isaiah, of many of the uh, patriot prophets prophesying, a lamb who is worthy to be slain. I want to tell us, tell us all, encourage us. I heard the, the uh, elected, uh, the, the Biden elect president say something this last week, and he said, we are entering, speaking of America, entering the darkest season of COVID. We haven't even seen it yet. I want to tell you something. We need to shine light because light dispels darkness. And if, if people are thinking that it's a darker season coming, then that, that's a sign and, and I believe a cry for the church to rise up and shine the light so the light will dispel this darkness in Jesus' name. And at the same time, just on uh, December 24th, we had uh, Shirley Tanner, a uh, 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 part of our church here, and, and Kim's been looking after her mom uh, pass away on uh, December 24th. 
and our hearts and prayers go out to the Tanner family, all the friends and family. Uh, she was an amazing woman of God. No more pain. She has seen the light in a whole new light. <laughs> Dancing with her husband in heaven. Also on December 22nd, um, a, friend, a good friend of ours, uh, someone who has spoken into my life, and spoken into our ministry life as a prophet, Dr. James Maloney, passed away December 22nd. He also is pain-free and celebrating in glory. Let's just pray for the, the family members of loved ones that have passed during the season, and even during the COVID season, or maybe they passed of cancer or Alzheimer's or whatever it was, but let's just, let's just pray. Father God, we pray the peace that passes all understanding to the, the family members and friends that have lost loved ones in this season. We ask, Father, the comfort beyond all measure, a comfort that is not measurable. There's so much comfort. It overflows. And I pray, Father, that comfort to flow over all of the family and friends of the loved ones. We thank you, Lord God, that we are light on this earth, and when we breathe our last breath, as we know Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, and we breathe our last breath, we get transferred from glory to glory, implying that we live glory on earth to be transferred to glory in heaven. We thank you. Bless them all, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to talk about the church and kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, God's kingdom. If we have to believe Scripture in what it says, and we're going to go through Scripture today and what it says about church. And since the church, everything the church does is supposed to be about the Father's glory, about the Father's kingdom, I know there's many churches that might not say it in that manner, and I know there's lots of diversity within the church. There shouldn't be the separation within the Christian church, but there should be a diversity that's celebrated to create strength. But since the church is really about the Father's business on earth, then his in his kingdom, and the kingdom is within his church, then everything you do will have some connection to the church and his kingdom. So when we serve, when we do something in the church, when we come, we're not doing it just for us. We're doing it to actually connect to the kingdom, to celebrate the kingdom and serve his call and his purpose on our lives. But so many times the fear of this statement saying that, that the kingdom is connected to the church and the church is connected to the kingdom, some people and some believers get fearful of that because they have had a bad experience with an individual. Maybe there was a pastor, maybe someone in the church, a leader or an elder, something offended an individual. The individual leaves and holds a fence and no longer goes to the church. Well, I want to tell you something. As I go through Scripture, you're going to see if you stay offended and no longer go to the church, then you actually don't have the Father's kingdom. It's a serious statement. We're going to let the Bible be the answer. Amen? Just because man has made some mistakes in church does not change God's desire for his church. Here we are, the last Sunday of 2020, the churches are shut down here in British Columbia and many of them across Canada and many in the United States. I thank the Lord 
that the Supreme Court has ruled and, 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 and areas of, of the United States are saying, no, that's constitutional. We, we have a right to go to church. Well, I want to tell you, there's churches that are rising up here in B.C. and across Canada as well that are saying, hold it. Our Constitution is very clear. I'm not promoting to go against the government, but I am promoting to never go against God. You take that by how you want to imply it. Oh, don't go against the government. We don't need to do that, but never, ever go against God. And I know if I had to choose between God and the government, I know which one I would choose right now. It's going to be God and His words. We must understand that church is the bride of Christ, and it's not some special denomination or some group. I remember one of the denominations I grew up, we kind of felt that we had all the answers and everybody else wasn't going to make it to heaven. Well, let me tell you, I don't believe that anymore. I think there's going to be a lot of people in heaven that we're going to sit back and go, wow, never thought you were going to make it. And we might look around and say, where's so-and-so? I thought for sure they'd make it. Because it's not what you look like on the outside. It's who you are on the inside. We need to live the Bible every day, all day long. Live our life by the foundation of his word. What usually separates people from the church of the kingdom of God is when their way overpowers God's way. I know many people are like, you know what, uh, uh, yeah, the church never listens to me or does this and that or whatever, and so I'm just going to do it on my own. Well, you know what? What you're actually saying is that your way overpowers God's way because you will not find in the scripture that gives you as a believer the theology or the understanding that it's your right to not be involved with church. I tell you, as things heat up outside, out around in the world, we're going to want family more than ever before. God's way has brought his kingdom to the church, just waiting for the church to step into the fullness of his kingdom. His kingdom, by the word of God, is brought to the people, the church. Jesus came to change form Religious form to relationship. We just celebrated December 25th, the birth of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He didn't come to increase the form of the church. He actually came to destroy the form, the religious rule of the church. He came to bring the church into relationship. Because form or religion is always built around people forced to sacrifice for law. So when you get into a religious structure, people are forced to sacrifice for the sake of the law. Think about what's being said right now and apply it to our life today in Canada, in America, and around the world. You see, there is a religion that is being formed uh, during this COVID season. It was formed before, but it's getting very bold now. Because form, religion, form is always built by people forced to follow law. I thank the Lord. That's not how he wrote his word. 
to have relationship with us. He didn't write this word to force you to follow his law. This Bible, you know, it talks about law, it talks about many, many things. But it talks about the birth of his son, or sorry, the birth of his son Jesus Christ, but also the crucifixion and the resurrection. And what that did was it took religious law away and formed relationship. Relationship, let's say, so let's take a look. Form or religion is always built around people forced to sacrifice for law. Relationship is, all, is always people sacrificing self because of love and friendship. You see, even in a relationship, there's a sacrifice. In religion, in law, the sacrifice is you don't have a freedom and a free will. You must do this. That's what we're in right now in a spiritual sense from our governments. They're actually forming a form of religion. It's a false religion. It's a bad religion. It's actually, I'll be honest with you, if you study Germany, you will find the same things happening in the, in the early 1900s, before the Second War and during the Second War. You'll find the same things happened there that are happening here. If you go and, uh, and study uh, Honduras, uh, is it Honduras? Oh, sorry, Venezuela. If you go to mind blank, if you study Venezuela in the mid 90s, what happened there is starting to happen here. It's a form of a religion which is actually antichrist. It's a form of a religion that is against God. And so their power comes by forcing people to fit the conformity of the religion, the false religion, and how do they do it? They do it by law and fear of consequences from the law. But Jesus Christ, he came to free relationship. He came to bring relationship again. Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. Law, the Old Testament covenant, had to be formed to have some sort of uh, 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 relationship agreement with God. Jesus Christ came as the new covenant, and a new covenant was formed where through the love of Jesus Christ, his death and his resurrection, he brought in relationship, and so we sacrifice things in our own life to to fall into a love relationship with him. What do we sacrifice? Well, we sacrifice religion. <laughs> religion that's bad, I should say, because not all relig Christian religion is wrong. We sacrifice, I'm willing to sacrifice the law that is driven to take away my freedoms as a Christian. I will sacrifice that law to walk in the relationship and intimacy of my Father. Everyone has something to give. Every one of us has something to give that's so extraordinary. But we, as, as believers, need to be looking to pull out that extraordinary in every life. We have to look for the good, not focus on the bad. The church, the people, the Christian body can't be focusing on all the negative and all the bad things that are going on. 
We have to be looking at the good. That's why I truly believe and prophesy for 2021, we are starting to move into the greatest season the church has ever seen. There will be a fire of his presence of God flowing from us throughout all the nations. There will be such a move starting to form. I believe it won't finish in 2021. It's going to birth itself in 2021, and it's going to be born like a baby that's going to live the rest of its life growing and strengthening called evangelism, called salvation across this earth. Arise, O bride, and see what I can do, says the Lord. He didn't say go to sleep, bride, in the times of trouble. He says, arise, O bride, arise, O church, and see what I can do, says the Lord. We must move from where we are and move to where we are destined to be. You know, this whole confined thing, I'm moving from it. I tell you what, I, I had a great ski day yesterday with my family on the ski mountain. It's, it's kind of funny, you know. Uh, we, we pull up our ski tubes to get on the lift. We're all social distance. They actually want us to wear a ski tube on the lift. They actually want us to wear it, if possible, while we're skiing down the mountain. I got, I got a process here. Hold it. It's sub-zero weather. There's nobody near us. We're on a mountain that's windy, snowing and blowing. That's dumb. That's all I got to say. That's dumb. I don't even have to be a specialist with infectious diseases, but I'll guarantee you, if you went to the top of one of the Rocky Mountain mountains all by yourself up there, you don't need to wear a mask unless you're weak in oxygen and you got to suck as you're too high, you got to suck from an oxygen tank. But I'll tell you what, you ain't going to infect anyone up there. Anyways, we didn't wear a mask. Oh, I pulled it up for the lift. If we want to see things we've never seen before, how many of us want to see a great revival in 2021? How many of us want to see the fire of God do something so powerful that we are wowed by the experience? Well, we have to do something different than we're doing right now. That's what we have to do. We have to do something different than we did in 2020 because it's insanity to think that there's going to be revival or something new and fresh happening if we don't change from what we were. The timing of the Lord it's not in 2022, it's now, it's right now. We need to realize that we don't have to wait out a pandemic for the timing of the Lord to establish itself in us. Every day we are to live today as if it's the last. Be obedient to God and he will reveal his will to us. So many times it's easy. I know there's so many people have been talking about depression. I even know people that have been talking about suicidal thoughts that they've never had suicidal thoughts ever before. But during this season, they're talking about suicidal thoughts that are coming in. I wanna tell you something. What's going on in this world right now is ridiculous and it's literally destroying our nations, I believe, for a religious purpose. Hitler had a religious purpose. It was a false religion in his mindset called communism and socialism. I will guarantee you, I have traveled 49 countries. I have traveled into communist countries. I have traveled into socialist countries. And I will guarantee you, Canadians and Americans, you do not want a socialist country. I guarantee you, you do not want to cancel out the church. 
Those countries are not looking good for the people at all. Oh, the extreme wealthy ones and the, the government, high government, they're multi-billionaires. But the wealth within the people is gone. We do not want that in our nations. Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 19. Ephesians 2, verse 19. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners. I love Paul when he says this. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household. I love this word, household. Oikios. It's the oikos. It's actually household. Oikos. It's what the word is. It means belonging to a family. There's two forms of the church, but they never separated. They're together, the oikos and the ecclesia. The ecclesia is the governmental structure of the church, and the oikos is the gathering of the family together. And right now, Paul is saying, you are no longer strangers and foreigners. Why? Because they heard the good news. They're no longer listening to the religious law. They're no longer sacrificing for law. What they're doing is they're realizing that someone sacrificed themselves so we don't have to live under law, but we live under love and the love of God that overpowers us. You are no longer strangers but, and foreigners. No, you're fellow citizens. You have a document signed, stamped in blood from the cross that you and I, as if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that we are citizens with the saints and the members of the whole oikos, the whole family. It's amazing because when you look at it, he's actually talking about the saints that went before us that have already died and the members of every Christian church throughout the earth, that we're citizens with them. We belong to the family, and the verse ends, of God's. Verse 20, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, the word is oikodome, it's birthed out of oikos. Its root is edifying and promoting another's growth in Christian wisdom, happiness, and holiness. So let's look at this. In whom the whole building, the edifying and promoting of each other's Christian growth in wisdom, happiness, and holiness. What it's saying is that if you're not part of that oikos, if you're not part of that family, of the church, the bride of Christ, then you actually can't have fullness of wisdom, happiness, or holiness. That's a big word. But boy, it's important today. Because again, when our governments are trying to separate us, split us up, and kill the church, I'm going to stand here and promote to you, do not die, because the church lives. So let's look at 21 again. In whom the whole building... That's the promotion, gathering together the Christians, gathering wisdom together, happiness and holiness together, being fitted together, 
grows into a holy temple. That holy temple, the word temple is now, it means to dwell in the holy place. You can't even dwell in the holy place if you're not connected with the family of God. And there are so many people that think that they can go into the holy place with no other connection to the church. I want to tell you, the Bible's very clear. It does not work that way. You think you're in the holiness without the church because you've got an attitude against something that happened to you? You've got unforgiven pain and hurt about something that offended you in the church and you think you're having a holy encounter? Let me tell you something. You're having something, but the holiness is taught within the church to have a holy encounter, which is the center of the temple. So you say, can you ever have Holiness without being part of the church? I would push and say by using the scripture, no. Nowhere in scripture does it talk about and speak about that through your independent attitude, you're going to be rewarded. Opposite. Opposite. We are not called to be independents. We are called to be the oikos, the family, gathered together to enter into the temple, the holy of holies, together. Because where one puts to flight 1,000, two puts to flight 10,000. Verse 22. In whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. In whom you also are being what? Built by yourself? Built independent? Built with your own attitude? Absolutely not. We are built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. The implication is that if you have an independent attitude all by yourself, you're a lone ranger out there, then the presence of God will not reside with you. Mark chapter 4, verse 10 to 11. It's talking about to know the mysteries of the kingdom, both good and bad sides. Verse 10, but when he, had, when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parables. This is Jesus. Verse 11, and Jesus said to them, to you it has been given to know the mystery. The mystery, that means the secrets or the hidden truths. Why to them? Because they gathered together with him. And he, not by himself, by themselves, they, the disciples, gathered together and followed with Jesus. And he said to them, to you has been given. So for all of us, part of the Oikos family, it has been given us to know the mysteries, the secrets, and the hidden truths of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, in other words, outside the oikos, outside the family, the gathering of the people, all things come in parables. Matthew 13, 11, I won't turn there, but it also says the same thing. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 20, verse 16. Many are called, but few are chosen. It says, verse 16, so the last will be first, and the first last. 
For many are called, but few are chosen. When you read the implication of verse 16, for the last will be first, it implies independence. The last have not become an independent spirit to themselves, pushing ahead of everyone else. The last implies the gathering of the people as they move together will be first. But the, and, and the first last, it implies, I'm not saying it's word for word, but it implies that an independent attitude in spirit makes you have to be number one. First in line, first for everything, number one. Your way is the right way. No one else has the understanding like you do. No one else has the revelation that you have. No one else has the understanding of the word that you have. That spirit, that attitude, you're going to be last. Because that is not what the church is called into. I don't preach that I know more than anyone in, in this place, which is a few camera people and sound people. I don't preach that I know any more than any one of you guys do. I don't actually care what you know or what I know. All I really care about is that I study His Word and I live in it by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is not a, it's not a contest between who knows more. I'll tell you what, I'd rather know less to have more relationship with Him. I would rather be more dependent on him by not knowing everything, that my, my dependence is on him. The Bible talks about knowledge leading to destruction, the, the drive for knowledge. And the more you need to know about something, be careful. You don't have to always know about something. Although I do, I know about everything. No, I'm kidding, I'm joking. Let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. You are a chosen generation. This is you who are watching right now and listening to this. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are a chosen generation. You are already a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. It doesn't mean Canada. It's the nation of the oikos. It's the family gathering together. But I truly believe as the oikos, the church, grows and strengthens, it will transform this nation to a holy nation in Jesus Christ. Chosen generation, royal priesthood, holy nation. You're his own special people. You're special. You're sitting there watching this right now. God is saying, you are a special person. Why? So that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I want to encourage you right now. If you're feeling darkness coming over you or in you, I declare to you, no, stop in the name of Jesus Christ. You are a chosen person. You are royalty. You are holy through Jesus Christ. You're a special person set aside for his special purposes. So you can proclaim the praises. One of the great ways to get out of darkness in your life is just start praising God. Because you're not called into darkness. You're called out of darkness into marvelous and glorious light. 
Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 9. For this reason we also, since the day, this is Paul, we heard it. Do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you may walk worthy of the Lord. This is, if you want a New Year's resolution, this is it. Right here. That you and I, going back to verse 9, we do not cease to stop praying. We pray more in these seasons. And as we pray, we ask to be filled with the knowledge of the will of God in our lives. And with that knowledge of the will of God in our lives, a level of wisdom starts to increase in us. And that gives us a spiritual understanding of the times. That you may walk worthy of the Lord. Oh, Father, I cry out right now that we will walk worthy of you, Jesus Christ. That we will fully be pleasing to you. Keep that up. We will be pre pleasing to you being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Let's start praying that right now. Oh Lord, our, heart, our cry is that we will walk worthy of you, Lord. And I feel like the Lord is saying, you're worthy of the call. That we will be feeling ple fully pleasing to you, Lord. That we will be fulfilled in every good work that we do. Because we don't do the good work because of a religious law or the government forcing us to it. We do good work because it's based out of the love of God in us. And through that good work, we will increase in the knowledge of God. Verse 11, strengthened with all your might into us, O God, we cry out, according to your glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. <laughs> patience and long-suffering with joy. You see, <laughs> patience and long-suffering should not be joyless. Patience and long-suffering doesn't mean it's easy. What it means is we, if we have the attitude of joy, we will be strengthened with the might of God by His glorious power. Verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Giving thanks to the Father. Listen to this. When we live this lifestyle in the joy of the Lord, He qualifies. He qualifies us to already be partakers in the inheritance of all the saints 
that are in the light right now, all the saints that have gone before us, we can live in the inheritance of the ones that have walked before. We can live in the inheritance of Billy Graham. We can live in the inheritance of Martha Luther King. We can live in the inheritance of so many mighty men and women that have gone before us. Verse 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Oh, Father God, I stand delivered from the power of darkness. Just say that right now. I stand delivered from the power of darkness. And I am conveyed, I am brought into, I am led into the kingdom of the Son of His Verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, through his blood that flowed on that cross over 2,000 years ago. It flowed from his body as he hung on that cross. And through him, Jesus, by his blood, we have the forgiveness of sins. And when he rose from the dead three days later, he gave us eternal life through Jesus Christ. When he rose three days later, he gave us the open door back to the intimacy with the Father. He gave us the open door. All that He has, we have. Power and the authority. But that's not so any one of us gets a big name. The power and authority of Jesus Christ in us is so His name is exalted. His Father's name is praised. Jesus, the name above all names. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I encourage you right now, receive him. Believe on him and you will be saved. Put your faith in Jesus right now. Even if you are a believer but been struggling over the seasons that you've gone through, believe in him again. Just put your faith in him. Because when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. The veil of darkness, the veil that no longer lets you see, is taken away. Verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit. This parallels with verse 16. 
that when we turn our focus, our attention to the Lord, the weariness, the veil, the pain, the suffering, the sicknesses are taken away. Anything separating us from the presence of God, it's taken away because the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. No matter if you are confined, no matter if we are quarantined, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. You see, when we turn our eyes and our attention and our focus to the Lord, we have freedom. The veil's gone. And because the veil's gone, our life becomes the mirror of the glory of the Lord. And in that, we become and, and, and show a transformation into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Acts chapter 9, verse 31. Then the church throughout all of Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified. This wasn't an easy time for the church. <laughs> Many of them were underground. Many of them, they weren't legal to gather. The holy fear of the Lord is what builds the church, not the fear of this world. Not the fear of our local governments. Not the fear of a virus, a disease, a sickness. No. Holy fear of the Lord had peace and were edified, and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. I am declaring that as we come together in the Spirit, the church is growing like it's never grown before. Oh, yeah. I know the Canadian government, I know what our Prime Minister has said about the Christians of Canada. Well, my heart aches for our Prime Minister, and I pray for him daily, daily, that he will see light and not walk a dark path. I pray. I pray for our two countries, Canada and America, the longest unprotected border in the world. Two countries that both have firmly been built on the foundation of the Word of God. They were formed as Christian nations because they left and fled Christian persecution to build these nations here. And here we are in a battle with, I believe, Christian persecution. I want to tell you what. Throughout all the churches within 
the Fraser Valley, British Columbia, Canada, America. They walked in peace and were edified because they walked in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And they were multiplied. I pray 2021 multiplication of the church. Multiplication of our families. Religiously, spiritually, I mean, and physically. I see families are growing. Physical families multiplying in the joy of the Lord. Spiritual families multiplying in the joy of the Lord. May 2021 be a radical year of transformation and let the church arise let it stand for its religious freedoms but most importantly let it stand for the lifestyle of freedom through Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior Amen